This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome to this special edition of Rockcast. I'm Emily Foreman. I have here with me today John Edmiston and a very special guest that you may know from the Rock community. Help me welcome Greg Reed, the Executive Director of Communications and Digital from Christ Fellowship Church in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Greg, we're so excited to have you. Hey, so excited to be here. It's incredible to be able to talk with you. One, because uh, Christ Fellowship's been doing awesome things on Rock, but you've also been doing these things on Rock for a long time. So your church has been running on Rock since I think 2018, which is uh, pretty early on inside the Rock community. And we've had a chance to kind of grow with you and your systems as you've been introducing more and more features and the way you use them over time. And we're just really incredibly excited that you have the opportunity to share this with the community today. No, I'm excited to be here. It has been a huge part of our ministry. So I'm excited just to talk to you guys. Well, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to your position there at Christ Fellowship? Yeah, I've been in uh, Christ Fellowship's world since 2006. Um, so I actually came on as a worship intern. Uh, so most people don't know, if you know the band 10th Avenue North, they were uh, they actually came out of Christ Fellowship, grew up here, and they ran all of student ministries worship. Uh, and the first summer they went on tour, I got hired as an intern who honestly, I had been singing for about a year. Um, so I had to come in and take their place as a worship intern. Uh, it was kind of tough, uh, but really just found home. Honestly, I had grown up in small church, so big church was a shock to me, but uh, really kind of just found home, place I love. So I've done kind of work through student ministries and worship. Uh, then a few years in, took over eventually took over all of our creative teams for the weekend, um, which included communications and marketing. And then really coming out of COVID, um, I just, I think I had, you know, obviously COVID shook all of us up and we spent, you know, our teams, especially creatively had run so hard during COVID. Um, but in that same season is when I really jumped into online and kind of, you know, everyone was gone from the building. So it was like, how do we produce an amazing experience for people at home? So I just, kind of became a learner and just studied and really just got really passionate about how we were reaching people who weren't coming in our doors. Um, obviously when they did that, we gave them the best experience and that we leveraged digital to help reach them. But really I got super passionate about the idea of, I had kind of been creating weekend experiences. Um, and then I got this feeling of like, wow, like that's awesome. But there's so many people who don't come to church at all and they're never even seeing this experience how could I, you know, how can I kind of bring my passion into what could we do more to reach those people before they ever come in the front door of our church, which kind of threw me into the digital world. And mm-hmm. um, so about two years ago, I took on our, um, I had already taken on our online campus. Uh, and then about two years ago, I took on all of our web and app and digital teams. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been awesome. It's been an amazing, a whole lot of fun and a whole lot of learning. Wow. That is a very interesting progress that you've made through different roles that you've had. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that provides a lot of insights for you as you're considering the experience of the person on the other side, either in the seat or on the other side of the camera for the online experience. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think that was a huge piece of, you know, when you design um, an environment like a worship service for so long, you think so much about who's the person who walks in for the first time, what do they feel, 
And I feel like what I've kind of helped our teams try to do digitally is like, how do we experience, how do we take that same idea and move it into a digital environment and just think, you know, how would people experience this? How would they feel and move forward from there? So digital strategy, I know, is a topic that uh, is near and dear to your heart, as you just kind of have touched on here. Can you explain what that means to you? There are a lot of definitions circling, a lot of things that uh, people say on that front. How would you define digital strategy and how are you working to implement that at Crystal? Yeah, I think it's funny because I remember when I got in this role, I Googled that term so many times and got so many different <laughs> ideas and read so many papers and articles. But I think one of the biggest things I've learned is really like you got to go take you got to take away the word strategy. I mean, sorry, the word digital, like because the fact is we say digital strategy, but really like digital is a means mm-hmm. to work out a strategy. So it's like you first, what I realized is you kind of got to take away the word digital and say like, okay, what is our strategy? Because for years we had tried to implement a digital strategy um, and I think what happened is we didn't stop long. We kind of said, here's our digital strategy. These are all the things we're doing, but we didn't stop long enough to be like, what is the strategy of our church? How does digital align to it? And then how do we move forward? Um, and I think that's the thing I see now is tons of churches are deciding how they want to leverage digital. And to me, if it lines up with their strategy, then go get it. Cause the strategy is what, you know, is what is most important. So I think for us, it took, you know, it took me not as much working with the digital team, but coming back to leadership, coming back to our senior leadership team and having conversations about let's get back to the basics of like, who are we? What are we trying to do? How are we trying to reach people? And then once we have that strategy of like, this is how we see people progress kind of through their discipleship pathway, through their journey through church. Now let's figure out where are the best place, where are the best places to leverage digital? Cause I think I know when I stepped into it middle of COVID and there was such like a divide, especially coming back from COVID of like, here's our online viewers, here's our physical viewers. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no, like they, they see Christ Fellowship as one entity. They don't see them as this different, like, oh, that's online team. This is the campus team. So I think for us, it's like, let's get set on where our strategy is. And then let's say, just like we'd say physical strategy, like what's our physical strategy for church? What does it look like on Sunday? What does it look? So I think for me, it was so important to get around the idea of like, what is our strategy? You know, I would say for anyone else in the seat, like make sure the senior pastor's on board with like, what is their strategy? What is their strategy of how to accomplish ministry, how to move people forward? So I've talked to a few churches. It's like, hey, our strategy for online is to get people to campuses like that. Is, and I'm like, that's great. Because if your strategy as a church is like, we want to create as many campuses in this region as we possibly can, then I'm like, you should, then you should leverage digital and move them. It's like, it's not right or wrong. It's just, what is your, you know, how does it align with your strategy? So I think for me, what it really, it really means is like, how do we find our strategy? And then how do we leverage the best of digital to actually accomplish that strategy? Where we've learned that is, hey, if we know community is a huge part of our strategy, okay, great. Now, how do we do that? How maybe can we do that differently than we've been doing it? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you introduce a digital, you know, group and it's like, Hey, that's so much easier to attend. It takes away all the barriers of finding childcare and putting the kids to bed. Well, now all of a sudden someone who can never attend a physical, you know, group or maybe just didn't want to, now all of a sudden has this awesome opportunity. So I think for me it's always been that start with strategy, start with where your senior leadership is and then figure out how you best can stand that up digitally. So really then it's the support of the technical tools that you have and the digital tools to help implement your church-wide strategy, which makes a lot of sense. So tell us a little bit about how, what the role is that Rock is playing as part of your digital technology base or your tools. Yeah. And I think for us going back to 2018, we had so many different 
I, I would say we had a lot of tools in our toolbox. You know what I mean? So, I mean, planning centers there. We had church management at that time. I mean, it's not, and nothing talked to each other. So, I mean, everything from where accounting was to where, you know, worship and volunteers were to where we were background checking people. So, for us, we knew, like, our search was how do we create, how do we either create or find someone who has one tool that can really become I, what I've said is, you know, the backbone of our systems. And I think that's what we found in Rock. And I know, you know, took the step of early adoption of we think this is it. Let's go with it. Um, so I think for us, what we were looking for is what is something that we could basically be the backbone of everything we do digitally. And really that is what rock is. I mean, everything from, you know, our website is built on top of rock. Um, our app is built on top of rock. I mean, and to create the most personalized experience, almost all emails are coming from rock, um, all information about anybody. So we've even, you know, we've worked with you guys to implement to create more and more pieces of it so we can keep more information in rock. You know, we just recently rolled out rock, rock metrics. So it was like, yeah, here's another system. We don't have to keep, you know, we're using another system before that. Um, so for us, it really has become the backbone, all of our contents in it. Um, and, you know, we create, you know, more and more work with you guys to create, like, what else can we create to replace? Basically, every time we have another system that's not in Rock, it's like, okay, <laughs> what what can we create to replace this? Really, again, so the user, you know, for me, I'm always, I always tell our team, like, user first. We want them to have the best experience they can. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, think about us. When you have to sign into, you know, when I'm shopping and it's like, oh, well, you made an account, but now you got to make an account on our app instead of our website. Like that's, that is a, it's a barrier. Most times it just makes me go like, okay, forget about it. So I think for us, it's like, you know, when we have a volunteer we're working on right now with you guys, like hoping that we can move this, you know, a, maybe an LMS, but it's like, so for us right now, like our volunteers are trained in a different system. So it's like, oh wait, but I got this rock username, but now when I have to watch a video, I have to put in this other username, remember a whole nother password. It's just another hindrance to them kind of moving forward in their process. So I think for us, we've always thought user first. So we know the more that we can move under kind of one system, one backbone. So all of our giving records, everything is in rock. Um, and then we think about, so the user, and then we honestly think about our staff, like even for our staff, you know, I think the thing is we focus so much on the user. Sometimes we forget, you know, like our staff, we have a staff of 400. All of them have Rock accounts. All of them have to have to somehow interact with Rock almost on a daily basis. How do we make that the best experience for them? How do we equip? Because I think sometimes we may create a great user experience, but it's kind of at the deficit of now our you know now our team has to you know log into seven different systems. So yes. th so the user experience is great, but it's like how do we actually make a Rock a great experience so that like they're excited when they get to work to be like, I have a piece of technology that it makes it helpful. That makes it great to do my job. And really at the end of the day, that really helps me better connect with people. Mm. Cause you know, for us, we don't want a, you know, a connections role on our team spending 10 hours inside a computer. We want them on the phone with people reaching out to right. people. So for us, it's like, how do we, how do we really take those barriers away? So when someone asked me, my first answer is like, Hey, rock has become the backbone of all of our systems. Um, and we're continually figuring out how to, you know, anything that doesn't fall under it right now, we're always in a conversation of like, how can we create it so that it can be there? Um, cause it just makes for such a cohesive experience. That's really great. Uh, Greg, where do you see your website going? Like, where would you see, what, what features, what, what do you want to see in maybe like two years on your website? Yeah, I think for us, obviously, personalization is the continued push to like, how do we continue to personalize and personalize? You know, I'm a I'm a big Lululemon fan. Um, like I love, <laughs> I try not to shop there too much, but maybe one item every few months. <laughs> but I always tell our team, I'm like the experience, like if I'm on their web browser or their mm -hmm. or on my computer or their app, like it doesn't miss a beat. 
and it knows exactly what I want. Like it feeds me like that's what I was looking for before I even think about it. So I think for me, I think, you know, for us, as we, as we think web, obviously mobile is a huge part of it. You know, 90 right now on any given average, 97% of our web traffic is mobile. Um, and that's a 30 day view, 90 day view, 120 day view. So even for us, we've, we've pushed our team to like anything we build in Figma. It's like, start with the mobile, mm-hmm. then we'll think desktop. But for us is we're just, we're trying to do our best to create a personalized experience. So we want, you know, obviously from a strategy of website, we always want that website to be outsider focused. Um, mm-hmm. So going back to that strategy for us, we went through uh, story brand, Don Miller. It's a phenomenal book. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through the whole story brand process uh, with our senior leadership team, with our senior pastors during COVID to kind of just say like, what is our, like, what's our script? Like, what is it that we want from people? How do we position them kind of as the hero of the story and where this, you know, if you've ever listened to story brand, you kind of say like, we're this guide, like Yoda and star Wars kind of helping Luke move from like step to step. So for us, we want our website to be that they come on it and it doesn't scream church. What it screams is like, Oh, these people kind of get what I'm dealing with. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so we make sure, so I think for us, it's always the outsider focus but then it's really about personalization. Like how do we get, you know, if it's someone who's got kids, like how is that the information they're seeing? You know, if I'm a guy and I sign, you know, I'm on, I don't want to see information about women's ministry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Unless it's like reminding me that mother's day is coming up and you know, I should send a card or do something. So I think for us, I mean, the way we look at web is really personalization. Honestly, we're still having the conversation of, you know, I think apps are great. I think, you know, mobile websites are, you know, most people are still choosing mobile websites for, for us and over app. So we're having to put just as much thought into it. Um, and just as much kind of what's the user experiencing, how do we make it as personal as possible? And then like, you know, most of that is not possible without a sign in. So we're really pushing hard. Like how do we value the sign in? How do we give people enough value that they want to sign in? Um, so for us, you know, we've moved with rock, we've moved any kind of thing that we want to register for, We've tried to leverage that in rock so that someone's like, Hey, I want to sign that kid up for camp. Well, like to do that, they'll, they, they will make a username. They'll be okay doing that for there. So we've just tried to add as much value as we can behind that username so that we can get to a place of personalization. Hmm. Okay. So personalization is kind of like your key focus for the next year. Yeah. I would say for the next year or two, it's our, our continued focus because like, think about anything we do outside of church world. It's that like mm-hmm. every every app, every business is trying more and more to create a personalized experience for us. So it's like, how do we do that? How do we, and really to me, when I say personalization, it is providing someone a next step. It's like, how do we just give them the most relevant next step? Because I think people come in church and many times we have, you know, we have a lot of calls to action in the church world because we have so many different people on a, on a, so many different journeys. So I think for us, the idea to personalize it and be able to someone to know like, Hey, my next step is baptism. That's great. But that's not the next step of the guy next to you who's been, you know, a Christian for eight years and, you know, has been baptized and serving in a group. So I think for us, personalization gives us, it gives us the ability to help someone take their next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it, when you talk about that personalization and putting information behind the login experience, you know, that's something we hear a lot about from churches. They're just saying, how do we get people to log in? And you mentioned just having the strategies that provide value for exchanging that personal information are really important. Yeah, all like all of our groups as well is behind that. So like if you're in a group, all of your content, your chat, like you can chat with your group, all of that is behind the login, um, which has helped people go like, yeah, I value that enough. I want to be a part of that. So I'll log in. Mm-hmm. 
and which can And we're not perfect at it. We're still, yeah, we're still working on it. We're not perfect at it. <laughs> of course. But that does continue then to provide additional information to make your personalization better as you go over time. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. So, Greg, how would you describe some of the upcoming projects or initiatives outside of that web personalization focus that Christ Fellowship's looking at right now as it as it comes to Rock? Yeah, as it comes to Rock, um, I think for us, um, you know, we are making that shift of, you know, there's a lot of people coming back to church. You know, we're kind of, I don't say, I'm always afraid to say like post-COVID because people are like, what does that mean? <laughs> but I think we are, like, we just, you know, we just came off our largest Easter in history. So we're done saying like, you know, since COVID, it's our large, we're back to like, no, we're we're back to our biggest Easter ever. It's not a COVID thing anymore. I think for us, we are seeing, we're seeing tons of new people. So, I mean, we're obviously really focused on how are we, how are we using rock and processing through, you know, new people. Um, the other thing we're doing a lot of, we just came off Easter, um, still from COVID, we have a lot of people who are just, re, I would say, reactivating inside rock. Like, hey, I've been, you know, home, I've been out, it's been COVID. Um, so, we're focusing more on that than we ever have. We've never really been like, Hey, you know what, this Easter, how many people like were in rock that haven't been around now all of a sudden reactivated. We always focus on new people or new. So for us, we're kind of not that we're losing our focus on who's new coming in the door, who's just accepted Jesus, but also like who's all of a sudden popped back up that it's been, you know, eight months since we've seen anything and all of a sudden they've come back to church. Well, you know, I think about in the business world, that's, that is easier to go after than someone who's brand new. Right. So how are we re-leveraging in a non-creepy way of like, Hey, we saw your back, you know what I mean? But just helping them like, Hey, it was so good to see you, you know? And sometimes that's even like, Hey, here's a call list of 10 people mm -hmm. at your campus who haven't been around for eight or nine months. And this last weekend they checked their kid in. Like it would probably be great. They're not going to get anything special because they're already in our system. But like, it would be great for you to just reach out and just say, Hey, it was so good to see Tim, you know, in fifth grade this week. It was awesome to have you guys back. You know, is there anything you need? Is there anything you can help with? Anything we do, you know, just that again, like how can I add value? Um, and I think when people hear it in that way, obviously it's less creepy than like, Hey, you've left a pair of pants in your cart, you know, in your empty <laughs> cart. And it's like, do you want to buy it? You know what I mean? Cause that's yeah. what the world's using it for. Um, so I think for that, I think obviously the other thing, you know, we're actually in, there's one thing we're doing right now with you guys. That's really exciting. We're, um, we're in this big focus. The vision that's been cast for the next four or five years for our church has really been this idea around next generation that we've said, get there first, like in the race to the child's heart, like the first one there wins. And we've seen, you know, last, I think 10 or 15 years, we've seen so much, um, I would just say, you know, we've lost a lot of kids that have just kind of walked away from church mm -hmm. or even families that are working from church. And we believe that, you know, the next generation is the, is the best one yet. So we're like, how do we actually reclaim that? How do we help them? So even right now, like we're, and we know so much of that is about parents. How do we focus mm -hmm. on parents? How do we equip them to be the best parent possible? So even for rock, obviously what's behind the scenes, we're helping target parents so much more with different, you know, things. But even right now we're working on something cool of, you know, like I'm a parent of a, six-year-old and a three-year-old. And every Sunday I pick them up and I get in the car and probably every other parent who's taking a kid to church, it's like, Hey, what did you learn? And they're like, uh, I played with Cheetos. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? Um, or you're like piecing together, like there was a lamb and, you know, so we're on this project right now with rock, uh, that we're developing basically about like 60 to 90 minutes after a parent checks in their kid, they get a text with just a, a short, like two questions. Like, here's a sentence of what we taught, you know, what uh -huh. your child learned today. And then here's two questions you can ask them. Because I think that really is like for some of our parents, like, I wish I knew the conversation to have. Because mm -hmm. honestly, that might be the parents most spiritual conversation of the week. They just came to church to go like, okay, I checked the box. You know what I mean? So I think for us, we're like that. So we're kind of building that in. Obviously, my hope would be that other churches would have that same need and love it too. But we're in the middle of building that. Because I know, and those are the times when I'm like, I know that's my need as a parent. And I'm a, 
I'm a like, I've been a disciple of Jesus a long time and I'm still like, how do I figure out how to conversation with my kid about what they learned today? Mm-hmm. So we're excited about that of like kind of setting up automatic, you know, automatically, if you were here this week and your kid was here, you know, our service time varies. So we're kind of trying to find what's the right time to drop that. But I think, again, that shows a parent too, like, oh, like you care about my me and how I'm raising my kid and coming, you know, we always tell parents, like we get one hour a week with your kid, maybe two. So it's like, we're, we're a partner with you. We're mm-hmm. not like, we can't take responsibility for their spiritual dis- discipleship. Like that is you, but we want to do the most we can to equip you to do that. So I think it's right now we're a lot of fun creating that. Um, obviously early conversation with you guys about an LMS, because we know so much of what we're learning is even in, most churches right now are seeing a huge drop in volunteer retention. You know, mm-hmm. the COVID has hit that number. I, there's not a church I've talked to that's like, oh, we have more volunteers than we need right now. If anything, it's been like, yeah, we're trying really hard. I've heard, you know, hey, we, we had to close the room at kids. We don't have enough. But I think a huge part of that is, you know, training them, onboarding them. How can we do that quicker? And honestly, how can we do that just valuing time more? I think the days of like, oh, you want to sign up? Cool. Wait three weeks. Come to, a <laughs> you know, an orientation. We'll do it all. No, like, and we even see that in employees. Like when you hire someone, they're like, don't put me in a room for two days and tell me everything I have to learn. Like, give me a YouTube video and let me just watch video. You know, yeah. it's like, that's what we, I mean, it's either, we either learn how to do something on YouTube now, or I'm, I'm learning younger and younger that more people just go right to TikTok to learn something. But I think, you know, what we're building out with you guys on, or hoping to build out with the LMS of just helping people walk through those processes faster. What can we learn? And us knowing like, you know, there's accountability to like, people have done this, people are moving forward. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we've been so excited, we have a huge leadership college and we see more and more churches building in kind of this school leadership, something uh, we just built with you guys, like an awesome onboard experience of like how we onboard them, how we handle all of the, you know, what could feel cumbersome and technical. Again, that helps our teams. A, it helps our people who are applying for that because it's like, oh, this is my same username. We use for everything. Great experience. But our team's also like, yeah, I work in Rock every day. This makes my life so much easier than using another piece. Yeah, so I think it's a lot of exciting, a lot of excitement going on. Um, yeah, inside our world. Yeah, no small shortage of things happening, and nope, some, <laughs> some pretty exciting ways that you're able to connect with. You mentioned earlier yeah. on the the users or the people groups that you keep in contact as you're building things. You keep in mind the the external congregation your staff yeah. and your volunteers. And I think it's interesting in what you just mentioned in the uh, the features that you're leaning into, that you're focusing on those individually inside each of those as well. Yeah, even right now, like even for Easter, we tried out, um, we're just even in our advertising, we're using digital ads, pushing back to rock mm. forms to try to capture that info earlier instead of like, hey, we're capturing this from Facebook, then we got to move it in. Um, so we just kind of ran that uh, Easter was kind of the first time we set that up and ran it. Um, so I'm excited to see numbers because we had, yeah, per- stuff performed really well. Um, so I'm excited about what that's going to be next. Oh yeah. That'll be really interesting to look into. <laughs> yeah. And then it saves us. It's like they're in rock right away. We're not having yep. to move someone like, when did they come in? And two, it helps us better use our advertising money of like, yeah, that worked. Like they're in rock, you know, and we know when someone like then, you know, someone's like, Hey, I gave my life to Jesus. We're like, how did they first get in rock? And you back up and you're like, it was an ad eight months ago. You know what I mean? So it's just really cool to see that. Definitely contest the effectiveness of the ads that you're running. That's yeah. <clears throat> yep. Well, Greg, what kind of advice would you give to other churches that are just now looking to start enhancing their digital ministry? Maybe they've come out of COVID now. You've mentioned that a couple of times. They have their budgets and their congregations into a more stable place. And they're trying to get their minds around this right now. Yeah, I think for us, I think one of the things that we really had to um, 
we had to kind of be honest about what digital experiences were going to look like. Cause I think coming out of COVID people expected, you know, obviously move back to physical, but it was like, they looked at digital ministry through the scope of online church. Like how's the stream on the weekend? And that number is what counted. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, I've really tried my hardest to say like anyone I talked to in the church world of like, you got to take down the wall between online campus, physical campus again, because those people don't see you as, Oh, that's their online team. That's their physical team. No, like they see you as your organization. You know, I always talked about, I shared this story a while ago of like, I was trying to buy a pair of jeans from express years ago and like I shopped online, which I normally don't do, but I'm like, it's just time. And I found like the best pair. I, but I was like, I don't know what size I am. I'll buy two different sizes. Well, anyway, I went to return the size I didn't need to the express store. And they were like, you can't return that here. That's you bought it online. It's actually a different store. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you're express, like whether I'm looking at you online or I'm looking at you, you know, fast forward. Now I walk into target and I'm like, Hey, I just picked up this toy. The online price is this. And they're like, Oh great. I'll just put that in for you. So I think for us, we're like, we don't think like target. Sometimes we think about express. So I think taking that mind down to Mm -hmm. think of like, we have to look holistically at our people. So like if you're in digital ministry, my piece is like, you can't just look at the people who are watching you online. Like you have to look at everyone in your church and say, how are we levering digital to reach all of them? Cause they may attend Sunday, but everything else they do during the week is digital. Whether it's they're on a Facebook page, they're on Instagram, they spend their whole life on digital, like three to four hours a day on a device yep. that to me, we give away that device. You know, we, we track our calories on it. We do coaching thing. You know, I think about some of the biggest apps right now, like mental health, like, the church should be in the place for mental health, not some app that's going to help you through it. But I'm like, but we're not even trying to get into an app. So like, what do we create to reach someone like that? You know what uh-huh. I mean? So I think for, for us, I'm just trying to help people say like, how do you, how do you look at your whole church instead of just a segment of, you know, people you might think are digital. Um, and then my other thing has been really just, I would say cross functionality. So I think a lot of circles, I'm not, I'm not coming from the digital background, mm. no background in web, no background in app. Um, but what I've seen is like, I think in pockets, you have some churches who, you know, there's IT running the app world. So they're building a product that they think they've thought through everything. This is how it should be used. Then all of a sudden there's like an adult discipleship team that's like, well, I don't want to use your app because they don't, I don't need this. I actually need this, this, and this. And I think for me, I would just, what I'm love, what I would love to see in churches and the thing I'm trying to help people anytime I talk to them is like, get like that team needs to be working closely. So like right now, I mean, we spend a ton of time marketing, marketing communication spends a ton of time with our online you know, ministry team, with our digital web and app team, and also with our, with our connections, like engagement team, we're spending a ton of time with them saying like, okay, how do we look at someone's, you know, experience through Christ fellowship, not even someone new, not someone just digital, even a physical experience. Like how do we leverage all the things that we have digitally to actually make their experience way better than just focus on like when they're here on Sunday, we'll try. Um, so I think for me, that's probably my biggest thing I've been, I think I've kind of been beat up when I see it. I'm like, oh, like we shouldn't be like, we're better than that. Um, but I think that's what I've seen inside some is like either, you know, either an IT or a digital team is taking the lead on something and they're not going back and saying like, hey, what what's the actual problem? What do we need? Or there's an adult ministry, you know, they're running with like, hey, we found a new app. We're going to go use it and be like, ah, like, can <laughs> we just integrate that inside what we're already doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's finding that middle ground of how do we actually help? And even for our, like our online team, the one thing we always say is like, yes, we're pastoring a community of people online. They don't live here. Like this is church for them. But we're also saying like, how do we help our teams that are caring for physical think, think digitally better? So we're coming to them like, Hey, have you thought about doing prep for marriage? Like digitally, there's a bunch of couples around that like they can't make every week. Can we do it digitally? Or not even that. Could we just, is there a different way to do it? And I think those are probably the three things we've approached. Um, 
and I don't know if I stole this. I can't remember if this was like reading a bunch of different ones, but really quickly, I think what I've seen is basically this idea of like three approaches to digital. The first one is this idea of digitization, which is basically like, I'm just converting something from physical to digital. And I think that was the first step for the church, but it's like, if I'm a business, I'm like, okay, I used to mail you a bill. Now I'm going to email you a bill. It didn't actually change. Like I was giving you the same bill. Now I got it to you faster, which means hopefully I got paid faster, but like it, it didn't really, change. it was more the delivery method. So I think for us, we've been like zoom groups is awesome. But it's like, well, all we really did with a zoom group is say like, we went from a physical environment to like, now we meet online. Yeah. Um, then you kind of have this step of, which I think is okay. I think it's okay. I think that's the first step, but I like, we can't stop there. I think then it's this idea of, I would say digitalization, and I would say that's when we're like, okay, we're using some digital piece to improve the process. So it's like, we're not just, you know, now we're leveraging rock instead of a Google, you know, instead of like, Hey, I made a note of someone's connection card. I'll stick it here. Well, like, no, now we're in digital to make that an easier process. And most of the time it makes an easier process. I would say for the, the end user, but also the person like on staff who's trying to figure it out. But then I feel like, and this is the place I feel like we all need to get is like this idea of digital transformation of like, Hey, we're completely rethinking, um, how we do things. Like I think about when Amazon came on the scene, like it wasn't just like, we're going to be an online store. It was like, we're going to rethink everything. Um, and I think for church, like that is where I'm like, how do we get, how do we get there? Like, how do we get to the place when we're not just thinking, Oh, how can I have a group that meets digitally? It's like, no, no, no. Like how can I help people find biblical community in a way that we've never thought about? Um, and I think for me, that's where I'm trying to help any team who's thinking forward to the future of like, don't just try to replace what you're doing physically with a digital environment. I feel like that's basically what COVID was. We're basically like, okay, we have no building. So now it's the computer, but we're going to do everything the same. And we learned some stuff in there of like, oh, you know what? Now we can do a class at eight o'clock at night because you're not driving here. You don't have to find a babysitter. So like things got better because of that, but it also was our whole world was shut down. So I think sometimes we're like, oh, that worked in COVID. It was like, well, yeah, but like nobody else was thinking about anything else. So I think for us, it's like, how do we look forward to how to, how do actually, how do we use digital to actually transform what we're doing? Um, and I think, you know, I talk a lot, I love church, but I'm like, we've done church the same way for a really long mm-hmm. time. Um, and I think we can't just focus on like, we're just going to keep doing it now, you know, instead of opening the doors, we're opening YouTube every week and people can watch church. Like it has to be different, even though I think there is a pocket for that, but I think there's so much more we can do. Um, and for us, like the thing I obsess over is people's user, like their, like, what is their need? And I think for me, most people, I think at face value, we don't always, we kind of know, we think what the need is. We think they may even think what their need is. But I think for us, it's like, what is it that people are actually looking for? Because I think for me, COVID especially, like behaviors changed everything. I mean, I've never, like I shop online more than I've ever shopped. I barely ever go to the grocery store anymore. Like that changed everything for us. Um, and obviously church was affected the same way. You know, there's people who are like, yeah, I just, I don't need to come to church anymore. But I think the other piece of it is like people's needs haven't changed. Like their deep down desire, like their need for hope, their need for purpose, like the anxiety they deal with, the peace that they need, like that hasn't changed. And I think for us, it's like, how do we actually meet that need? And it might not be in a church service on Sunday because they're not coming, but mm-hmm. it's like, we've kind of kicked around. Like, what if we created this YouTube video that actually like helped people through, like we are processing this the other day. Like if someone is having anxiety attack, what if we created this this piece of content that just helped them through, like it helped them breathe. It gave them scripture that was maybe not, you know, here's the, here's the book and the verse. It kind of was scriptural, but they didn't know it was scripture. Didn't put our church name on it. And it was just like, Mm -hmm. but like, if you look on a Google search, people all the time are on YouTube trying to figure out how to get, like, how do I get over anxiety Mm. attack? 
it was like, well, this 10 minutes could hopefully guide your breathing, guide your, but it's like, how do you actually start levering digital for things like that of trying to meet needs? So I think for us, that's how just we're always, I would say not just in the digital world, even around, again, strategy of ministry. How do we keep thinking? So I was starting our groups team of like, your job is in groups. Like your job is to help people find community. Yeah. So it's like for so long, that's been groups. But like, what if that looked different? You know, we're in a conversation right now around this kind of idea of cohorts. Like, what if we did these two or three week, like, hey, 21 days to be the best dad possible. Like, mm. that's actually way more attractive than an eight week group study or an eight week, you know, class that meets every week on dad, you know. So I think for us, we're just thinking about how do we how do we really meet the needs of people um, and make sure the things that we're actually are doing are meeting those needs. And if they're not, you know being honest to be like, Hey, they're good, but we could do it so much differently. So I think for me that those are, those are the pieces of advice. I know it's a lot, but that I'm thinking as I talk to other churches and again, like we're still learning, I'm always calling churches of like, Hey, what are you doing with this? What are you thinking this way? Um, Cause I think for us, everyone is still in that path of like trying to figure it out. I mean, it's a COVID has kind of opened up a world. And I think, you know, I think there's a lot, obviously like, I think the frustrating part for me is when I see, the business world just take such great opportunities to, to disciple people in the thing that they're yeah. doing. When I'm like, man, we need to be doing that. You know what I mean? And I think that's where I probably get the most like, you know, I read a quote a few weeks ago. It was a tweet of like, like you're going to get discipled somewhere you mm-hmm. are. And I think we use that as a church word, but the fact is you're going to get it through a news feed. You're going to get it through a, you know, a feed on your Facebook, but like, how does church leverage to be like, yeah, let me help you with that. So yeah, I think the need, yeah, just hitting the needs of people is so important to us. Well, I can tell it's a subject you're really passionate about and it's incredible to be in community with your organization and to have the extended rock community because churches are all dealing with the same challenges and how to minister to people right where they are today. As you mentioned, people are the same. Their ultimate needs are the same. Uh, but so many other things have changed. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on this topic and um, for just being really open about the things that you're doing at Christ Fellowship to help move this forward inside your digital ministry context. We appreciate your time today, Greg. Thank you, guys. Grateful for you. Thanks, Greg. This episode of RockCast is brought to you by Rock Partner Missional Marketing, an SEO and advertising services provider. Connect with Missional Marketing today at rockrms.com slash partners.